Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There are three more sleeps until Christmas and while the number of new cases in Sydney's COVID cluster has dropped after a record-breaking testing blitz, borders are slamming shut, throwing holiday plans into chaos. This is a live shot of the Queensland border which has officially gone back to being a hard border this morning. That means anyone wanting to enter the state will now require a declaration pass. If you're from those hotspots in Sydney, police have the power to order you into 14 days of hotel quarantine at your own expense or turn you around and send you back. Now, along the Victorian border, more than a dozen new checkpoints went up overnight. Anyone travelling there from designated red zones will enter mandatory 14-day quarantine. That is, unless you're a Victorian who has already been in hotel quarantine after um, returning from overseas. All right, here is Matt with all you need to know this morning. More than a dozen new Sydney venue alerts were issued overnight from around the northern beaches to Alexandria and Paddington in the city and Blacktown in the west. There are now more than 100 venues on alert. It comes as New South Wales recorded 15 new COVID cases, all of them related to the Northern Beaches cluster, which has now grown to a total of 83. That number comes after a record 38,000 tests were carried out. This morning, Queensland has reintroduced its hard border to Greater Sydney. Anyone from the area will be given quarantine orders or turned around and sent back if they don't have a permit to enter the state. The barricades will stay in place until New South Wales records another 28 days with no mystery cases. The Queensland hard border joins that of Western Australia, which has banned all arrivals from New South Wales. South Australia and Victoria have 14 days mandatory quarantine for arrivals from Greater Sydney, and that includes the Central Coast, the Illawarra, Shoalhaven and the Blue Mountains. More than a dozen checkpoints went up along the Victorian border overnight. Here's Mon. Thanks, Matt. Let's go live now to our reporters. First, Amber Laidler, who is in Sydney. Now, Amber, there's hope that this cluster could be contained in time for Christmas. Good morning, Mon. Yes, officials say it looks promising that this new outbreak has been contained to the Northern Beaches. 15 new cases recorded yesterday. They were all linked to that Avalon cluster and that came from a record-breaking 38,000 tests. But there are now more than 100 venues on high alert and they stretch right across Sydney from Alexandria to Paddington to Gordon in the northwest, Blacktown in the west and even down in the south coast region. The Shoalhaven Council overnight 
Light has confirmed that a Northern Beaches resident who had spent time in the Northern Beaches over the past fortnight was caught at the Ulladulla Leisure Centre on Monday afternoon in direct breach of that current public health order. Uh, you can find a full list of all of those venues on the Sunrise website, but of course authorities are also quite concerned about the salon for hair here in Taramara, where a small cluster is emerging. Five cases have now been linked to this hair salon. Uh, crisis cabinet meetings will take place tomorrow morning, where authorities decide if our restrictions can be eased in time for Christmas. But of course, today and tomorrow's numbers will play a critical role in that decision, Mon. Tamara Bow is at the Queensland border where police spent the night bringing back barricades and Tamara, drivers have been warned of massive delays. Yeah, that's right, Mon. It's not even peak hour and already we are seeing the traffic building. I'll just give you a quick look behind me. You can see those cars are snaking all the way back into New South Wales, right across the border. Similar scenes to what we saw yesterday when people were stuck in traffic for anywhere up to 75 minutes just trying to cross into Queensland. This particular border checkpoint has also undergone a major transformation in the last 24 hours. The highway was shut for up to nine hours last night as they brought all of those concrete bollards back into place reminiscent of what we saw 21 days ago before that hard border closure was taken down because now anyone entering into Queensland must have a permit. If you have been into one of those COVID hotspots then you will be turned around and sent back home again. All this will put extra pressure on our police over the Christmas period. Extra resources will be brought in from across the state in coming days as even more checkpoints begin to spring up around the city. But these hard border closures, Mon, they are expected to stay in place until New South Wales goes 28 days without a single case of community transmission. Wow, look at that line behind you. All right, Bianca Stone is in Brisbane and Bianca, testing clinics are again preparing for long queues today. Mon, good morning. There were very long queues yesterday, both here in Brisbane and also on the Gold Coast. There's reports this morning that one man aged in his 70s had to wait 10 hours to get a COVID test yesterday. Now, authorities want all Queenslanders to get tested, even if they have the slightest sniffle. They're also asking for anyone visiting this state from Greater Sydney, in particular the Northern Beaches, to come forward and get tested. What they are particularly concerned about is the fact they've found COVID traces in wastewater samples at four locations in Queensland from Cairns right down to the Gold Coast. So those testing clinics were a little overwhelmed yesterday but the Chief Health Officer says more staff will be put on today and they will have longer opening hours as well. Meantime, it's been revealed just how much the border closure with Greater Sydney is costing the tourism industry here in Queensland. There are estimates that it'll cost up to $250 million. Bookings are down 20%, 20% cancellations mostly on the Gold Coast and also that Cairns region. But more than money, it is the consumer confidence that is being lost. People now hesitant to book here in Queensland because of all these border closures. Tourism leaders are now again calling for a national framework to border restrictions. Mon? That would help. Well, Tegan Doling is on the Victorian New South Wales border where there was a mad scramble to set up checkpoints. And Tegan, hundreds more officers are heading there this morning, we believe. 
Mon, it's such a mammoth operation. 700 police officers are now dotted along the New South Wales and Victorian border to really try and keep Victorians safe. A lot of those police officers were actually called in from leave and they'll be spending Christmas up here working. That's after restrictions tightened again at midnight. That means that uh, no one who has visited the Sydney red zones are now allowed to cross the border and enter Victoria. We do know, though, that around 140 Victorians who were able to make it back before that deadline have been able to head back down to Melbourne. They, however, have been told to self-isolate and they will be checked by DHHS. 13 checkpoints have now been established. Another 19 will be put up today just to really make sure that this is a real tight area and that no one can sneak through. Unfortunately, our calls for uh, the ADF to come down, the Premier put in the call to the Commonwealth, has been rejected. It means that no troops will be uh, up here to help with police on the border. We know that the SES, though, we have seen some cars just drive past. Volunteers will be stepping in to help out Mon because we saw yesterday huge delays here in the Albury-Wodonga Causeway as well as down on the Hume Highway and we've been told motorists can expect that again today. Volunteers, well, we hope the people are respectful for, to them. Now, Nathan Curry is in Melbourne. Nathan, the Premier has apologised for the botched hotel quarantine program. He has, Mom, but it's done little for the loved ones of the more than 800 people that died during the second wave. His apology came on the back of the final report uh, into the hotel quarantine uh, program, but the, the main reason that people are so angry this morning is that the inquiry into the program cost $4.8 million and yet hasn't answered the main question that we all had, and that is whose decision was it to go with private security guards? The final report says that based on the evidence that was delivered to the inquiry that no one person was solely responsible for that decision and rather it was just a series of mismanagement decisions that led to the situation getting out of control. The Premier did say that he wishes the government had their time again but he is standing firm and says he will recontest the 2022 state election. His former Health Minister Jenny McCarkos who was, who was pretty much pushed out the door after the second wave has taken taking a swipe at him, saying that this is just another example of him trying to shift the blame away from himself, Mon. Yeah, she's been scathing, hasn't she? All right, team, thank you all. Well, Sydney siders are anxiously waiting to hear what their Christmas day will look like with the state government reviewing its temporary restrictions tomorrow. For more, we're joined now by New South Wales Health Minister Brad Hazard. Uh, good morning to you, Minister. Thanks for being with us. Yesterday morning, at the media conference with, with you and the Premier, things did seem a little bit more confident. We know that you are going to officially review this tomorrow, but try and give us some sort of idea about what sort of restrictions will be in place on Christmas Day, do you think? That's a real challenge at the moment because uh, although we are seeing very high testing and it's quite incredible, I want to thank by the way all the Northern Beaches residents but residents right across New South Wales particularly at Greater Sydney who have come out in massive numbers but and, and obviously the, the numbers uh, of, of positives went down despite the fact that the number of tests went up so that's certainly tracking well. But I think uh, we're very cautious. Uh, obviously, we'd like more time, but Christmas is upon us. Uh, Santa Claus is moving quickly, so we have to uh, really weigh up all the evidence tomorrow morning, and it would be preemptive. I don't want to. I don't want to really give people more hope than they should have, or less hope. I, all I can say is, I promise you that we are looking at it very intently. Uh, and meeting with the public health officials. I've Even just before I've had this interview, I've already had at least half a dozen calls with senior public health officials about a range of issues. It will continue right through to tomorrow morning, but uh, hopefully, hopefully we'll have some better news, but I can't guarantee that.
Okay, can you give us some sort of idea about the numbers from overnight? Are they less than yesterday's 15? Uh, look, that gets announced, Monique, at, uh, at 11 o'clock, um, usually with uh, the Premier and uh, myself and uh, Dr Chant. Um, I, all I'll say is that uh, at this point, I'm fairly happy. That's all I'll say at this point, if you don't mind. Okay, that is enough. That gives us some fairly sort of indication, I Fairly think. happy on that issue. Yes, fairly happy on that issue. All right, has it... Do you feel as if it's breached the northern beaches? Look, there certainly have been uh, some people who have uh, travelled from uh, uh, the northern beaches. We had the example, of course, of the person that went to Queensland. Um, there, there are, I think, others who have uh, possibly... Uh, um, been outside for various reasons, but overall, I think we're handling it extremely well. The public health officials are very experienced at all this. We've we've been at war now almost. It's actually on Christmas Day. It will have been 11 months mm. since our very first notification of the four cases here in New South Wales. So 11 months. You learn a lot, uh, but this virus is a very cunning virus, and it keeps changing changing strategies so we have to just keep plugging holes and keep working at it so at this stage uh, we'll just see how we go. Yeah in some ways it feels like an absolute eternity 11 years but in other ways it's just moving like that. You it, know, does. it gives you whiplash. All right well we really appreciate your time New South Wales Health Minister Brad Hazard we know how busy you are we'll wait for that briefing at 11 o'clock today. Thank you so much. Thanks mate. Thank you. For more, we're joined now by Trade and Tourism Minister Simon Birmingham. Thank you so much for being with us, Minister. We appreciate it. Now, there are calls for National ca morning, a Cabinet to implement a national set of rules for local outbreaks so that everybody knows what will trigger a, a border closure there. The Queensland Premier has said it will take 28 days of zero community transmission. Is that too long, in your opinion? Look, we have consistently urged states and territories to adopt some consistent approaches, uh, but also to recognise the success that states like New South Wales have had in terms of the world-class approaches to getting people out to get tested, to applying enormous effort around contact tracing incredibly effectively, and then to isolating all of those to be able to clamp down and crush the types of clusters that we've seen. And we've seen this happen before, and New South Wales has gotten on top of it before. And what uh, we hope will occur is New South Wales will enjoy the same success again, but of course everybody needs to follow the health advice, act with due caution at present, make sure that they are doing everything they can and we are just so incredibly grateful to Australians across the board and particularly those people in Sydney at present who are doing just that, making sacrifices to ensure that Australia as a whole stays on top of this thing. Yes, for tourism operators, of course, it's all about confidence and people are rattled after perhaps not getting refunds from booking uh, holidays, which they've now had to cancel. What would you say to urge the tourism operators to provide refunds, even though they're doing it so tough, so in the longer term people rebook? Look, I do urge people on both sides to have some understanding as well as some patience in dealing with one another. That for tourism operators and businesses, the best thing that can be done is to give the travelling public as much confidence as possible to book in the future. Uh, and for that, they want to know that they're going to get, if not all, then the vast majority of their money back, uh, get travel credits for the future. And I'd urge people uh, making those bookings who now face disrupted plans to really engage thoughtfully with those tourism businesses, to know just 
how tough they've been doing it all year without customers and with ongoing disruptions. Uh, and so if you can rebook for a later time, if you can take a credit instead of a refund, then please think about doing so. Uh, understand that we are all in this together and that we do want to make sure that as many travel and tourism businesses survive through these incredibly tough times. Simon Birmingham, we know you have to be somewhere else. We appreciate your time as always. Thank you. Thank, thanks, Mon. Here's Matt. Well, Sydney's Northern Beaches community is halfway through its temporary lockdown with residents only able to leave the house now for essential reasons. It's due to end at midnight tomorrow, just in time for Christmas, but could change if the situation worsens. Residents in the Greater Sydney region have also been asked to limit their movements with a maximum of 10 people in homes until told otherwise. That could prove crucial with concerns that case numbers could explode again after big family gatherings on Christmas Day. Uh, for more, I'm joined by infectious diseases expert, Professor Sanjaya Sananayaka. Professor, uh, good morning to you again. Look, um, lockdown and restrictions will be reassessed tomorrow. Really don't envy the job of authorities here. You're, you're balancing mental health for families who have been apart for so long as we come up to Christmas Day uh, and the dangers of this exploding again. What do you think will need to happen tomorrow? Yeah, hi, Matt. I, I think it's, it is, has been so hard and the timing for this outbreak is really, really lousy. The, the reality is, though, there have been some venues where there's, there have been exposures around the 17th or 18th of December, which means that the majority of symptomatic cases will start to appear around six days, five or six days after that, with some more cases occurring after that, taking us over Christmas. So it, it's, it's hard to imagine if the New South Wales government is taking such a cautious approach that they'll lift all these restrictions from midnight tomorrow. Interesting. So your view, Professor, is if, if we put the emotion aside here and you look at just how many areas have been affected, even outside the northern beaches, you, you can't foresee uh, lockdowns easing. Almost we've got to prepare ourselves for this uh, continuing over Christmas. I, look, I, I would have thought so, Matt, and uh, although, as I said, the timing is lousy and Christmas is such a special time for people, it, it is worth remembering that 25th of December 2021 will be Christmas again and our families will be there mm. and hopefully then we can celebrate it properly. Um, Sanjay, when we look at the hard borders then, I'm interested in your insights into what it will take uh, for Greater Sydney to be opened up to these other states, which is so important for so many families. We need a really big run of no community transmission, do, don't we, in order for, for the situation to change? That's right. So one, what 2020 has taught us is the power of the states and territories, particularly when it comes to controlling their borders and the fact that there is some but little consistency in, in how they do it. So I think New South Wales is in a fairly powerless position. I think if the roles were reversed and if there was another state or territory with an outbreak, uh, New South Wales would do its, its own thing as well. So uh, I think we just have to wait and see what the other states and territories do. But I would have thought a minimum of 14 days without community transmission is what most states and territories would want to see before they lift restrictions. Professor, so many people looking at the vaccines as they're about to be rolled out. We understand Joe Biden's about to receive his. Um, and we've got some pictures of that right now, actually. Uh, so this is a, a really historic moment. Um, you know, huge advances, obviously, in science uh, as this moves forward. Actually, we might just stay with this, um, Sanjaya, as we're seeing uh, Joe 
Joe Biden uh, about to receive his, this is the Pfizer vaccine, which as we know has been rolled out widely now. Uh, that, we understand that is, uh, that, the, that is his wife, Jill Biden, uh, just beside the president-elect there. This is about to receive his jab on live TV. My goodness, we've come so far uh, in, terms of, in terms of being able to get this vaccine, not only approved, but rolled out. Sanjaya, uh, how important is this vaccine as we continue to watch um, this unfold now on live TV? Also, we're starting to see mutant strains of COVID develop, particularly in the UK. How vital are these vaccines going to be? Yes, so, Matt, every cloud has a silver lining and the unprecedented speed with which vaccines and cooperation with which these vaccines have been made has been extraordinary. Now, without a medication that can be taken widely in the community to control COVID, a vaccine is going to be the factor that stops and arrests transmission of COVID in the community. And we're hoping that these vaccines will do that. Uh, so it is extremely important and extremely historic. And how fantastic to see the, pres the president-elect of the United States getting his first his Sanjaya, vaccine. Sanjaya, a moment in history unfolding right now as we see the jab administered to, the, uh, to Joe Biden in the US. Quite incredible. How effective is that vaccine, uh, Sanjaya? Just talk us through it. So it is 95% efficacious or effective in preventing people getting symptomatic COVID. And we also hope it's going to be effective in people getting asymptomatic COVID and stop them from transmitting it to other people, but we're not quite sure about that yet. And also, this is an exercise in public confidence. That is why Joe Biden is doing that on live television. Hopefully, we need about 75% of the population uh, to agree to get vaccinated so we can achieve herd immunity. Professor Sanjaya Sananayaka, thank you for your time this morning. Thanks, Matt. Here's Mona. Yes, it turns out when you're waiting for somebody else to get a needle, it seems to take as long as when you're waiting for a needle yourself. Thank you, Matt. Well, a multi-million dollar inquiry into Victoria's botched hotel quarantine system has failed to identify who authorised the hiring of private security guards. It slammed the Andrews government for its lack of oversight and involvement in decision-making, while also confirming the hotel quarantine system triggered the state's deadly second wave. Premier Daniel Andrews has vowed to adopt all 81 recommendations and has issued an unreserved apology for the scheme's failings. There will be there will be people missing from the Christmas dinner table on Friday uh, and I am deeply sorry and saddened by that. The Premier says in hindsight he would have chosen to use police rather than private security guards. For more, we're joined now by Victorian Liberal MP Tim Smith. Good morning to you. Thanks for being with us, Tim. Uh, now, we still don't know who decided to hire, hire the private security guards. It hasn't come down to one person. Do you think that the inquiry has served its purpose? Well, good morning, Monique. Good morning to all of your viewers right around Australia. Frankly, this inquiry was a sham. It was a farce and it was doomed to fail from the outset. A total waste of time and money. I mean, frankly, I could have told you uh, months ago that that was what the report was going to find, that, frankly, no individual minister or the Premier was held responsible for the greatest public administration failure in the nation's history. 801 dead, 200,000 jobs lost in the lo world's longest lockdown, and yet not one minister, not the Premier, held individually responsible for hiring dodgy private security, 
untrained private security to manage hotel quarantine that didn't happen in any other state and no other state had a second wave like Victoria. So I'm profoundly disappointed. I'm profoundly disappointed on behalf of the families of the 801 dead who've been so badly treated throughout this process. And frankly, we need a Royal Commission. We need a Royal Commission to get to the bottom of what happened here to hold some of these dodgy Labor ministers to account who have frankly got away with it scot-free. OK, do we need a Royal Commission, which we know costs multi-million dollars worth to, to, to hold a Royal Commission, do we know that when we do have these 81 recommendations? So we hope that this will ensure that it never happens again. Yes, there were recommendations, but the recommendations were obvious. I mean, everyone knew that, of course, uh, quarantine guests should be tested as they come in and tested when they leave. That was one of the recommendations in the interim report. Well, of course, it's obvious, it's common sense, and the fact that it didn't happen in the first place just shows you what a farce this program was at its outset from March. But no, we desperately need a Royal Commission because one of the principles of our democracy is accountability of government that those who are given the uh, great privilege to make decisions on behalf of the community when they stuff it up are held to account and in this case the stuff ups resulted in 801 people losing their lives. If a private company anywhere in Australia made a decision that resulted in the deaths of 800 people they'd be prosecuted and rightly so. Well why isn't that happening with the Andrews Labor government here in Victoria? Their decisions cost the lives of 801 fellow citizens, cost the jobs of 200,000 Victorians, and frankly, the Premier is going to get away with it if there isn't a Royal Commission. He threw his former Health Minister under the bus again yesterday, trying to blame her, and she put out a sensational statement last night refuting the Premier's allegations and essentially calling him a liar, saying that the Cote report hasn't got to the bottom of what's gone on mm. and the Premier's phone record should be made available to the public in full. Yes, because some of them were made available, but not all of them. Uh, Victorian Liberal MP Tim Smith, we're out of time, but thank you so much for being with us. Merry Christmas, Mon. Thank you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Well, retail airline and business leaders are calling for a nationally consistent set of rules for managing local virus outbreaks. In a joint statement, they call for greater clarity and certainty around the thresholds that can trigger border closures. And they say Australians cannot spend the entire Christmas and New Year season in limbo, with families and businesses trapped in a no-man's land of information and plans. Joining us now is Jennifer Westacott from the Business Council of Australia. Uh, Jennifer, thank you very much for your time this morning. You're 
impact do you think the current inconsistencies, I guess, are having on the business community? It's very tough to achieve uh, agreement here. Oh, it's very difficult. Uh, the first impact is confidence. I mean, confidence has just been shot. Uh, the second is frustration and confusion. I mean, we're hearing stories that people have had millions and millions of dollars of cancellations, they've had to lay off staff they'd put on. And so what we're simply asking for is for National Cabinet to reconvene and get a plan that allows some kind of understanding about what the rules are going to be, uh, what the trigger points are going to be, because we just can't go on like this uh, over the next six weeks. Jennifer, I think that sounds like a great idea. We do need some national consistency. The only issue is that the pandemic is so unpredictable, so rules that work sure. one day might not be appropriate the next. How do we get around that? How can businesses change their approach and how do we sort of adapt to a, a situation which is just so rapidly changing and different every time? Yeah, look, it's a really good point, but we have done really well as a country. I mean, you look at kind of the UK and Europe and the United States, I mean, we're just in such a better position because we have done really good things. I think what we're simply asking for is some kind of consistency and predictability to that and some kind of forward information mm. uh, and some kind of proportionality because, you know, you've just had the health minister on who's who's... You know, we, we've seen the Northern Beaches cluster go down in numbers. So why have we got a hard border closure in Queensland when the numbers in uh, the Northern Beaches are going down? Uh, and then people have to wait for quite a long time before they can get going again. And look, business has adapted. Business has done really well. They've got COVID safe plans. They've been really flexible with their customers. What we need is some planning because, yes, you're right, it's unpredictable, but we've done pretty well. Um, all people are saying is, can we have a bit more predictability, a mm. bit more information? and a bit more consistency so that we can actually continue to be flexible mm. and plan and change as things go on. Yeah, very reasonable request. Such a difficult time for the business community at the moment. Uh, Jennifer Westercott, thank you for your time. You're very welcome. Thank you. Well, Sydney's Northern Beaches is now halfway through its temporary lockdown with residents only able to leave the house for essential services. It's due to end at midnight tomorrow, just in time for Christmas. But that could, of course, all change if the situation worsens. Residents in the Greater Sydney region have also been asked to limit their movements and stick to a limit of 10 people in homes until told otherwise. There are concerns case numbers could explode after big family gatherings on Christmas Day. Joining us now is infectious diseases expert Professor Peter Collignon. Uh, Professor, thank you for joining us. Look, the, the big question now is whether restrictions will be eased for Christmas. Monique spoke with the Health Minister a short time ago. Uh, he hinted that the numbers aren't going to explode. Do you think that will change the thinking or do we just have to be safe now over the festive period? Well, I think the numbers that appear over the next few days are going to be critical. At the moment, this appears to be a cluster, and the importance of that is they're all interrelated and good contact tracing can show they're interrelated. What that also means is most people who are getting infection, or hopefully all of them, will already be in isolation or quarantine, which means there's not people with infection just wandering around the community. It's those mystery cases or those cases in the community that are all worried. So on the basis that this is a cluster, there's been good contact tracing, I would think we'll see a gradual decrease in numbers. Uh, we won't see a big spike, but we'll have to wait and see. But what that means is, yes, there can be an easing of restriction, particularly for the northern beaches and for the whole of Sydney, but I don't think it'll be going back to do what you like mm. uh, with unlimited numbers. There'll be some controls over the next 10 to 14 days 
of some description that'll be different to a month ago. Mm. Uh, Professor, can I ask you about the relevancy of testing? Because I have heard some people saying, oh, look, what we might do is get tested on Christmas Eve and then we know whether we can see grandma or grandpa on Christmas Day. How long is that test result relevant for if mm. you get a, a negative result? Well, in some ways you can say it's only relevant for a few hours because people can develop the infection any time between getting exposed and up to 14 days. On average, it's five days. But the trouble is, just say I've been infected three days ago. I could have a test today that's negative, mm. but tomorrow it might be positive. So the test only tells you at that point of time we haven't detected the virus. But that's why people, even with negative tests, are kept in isolation or quarantine for 14 days because that represents, you know, hardly anybody would ever have mm. infection after that period of time. So a negative test is reassuring. It decreases your chance, but it doesn't mean you're not a problem for others. Just very quickly before we let you go, could Christmas Day make or break us? Well, it could, but if this is a cluster and it's all under control and people are sensible and don't crowd indoors, yes, we should be able to have a safe Christmas, but we're going to have to have a different behaviour than what we have at our normal Christmas. Outdoors is safer than indoors. Do that as much as possible. Yeah. Look, Professor Collignon, thank you very much for your time. It's such an important question from your mom because a lot of people are assuming if you get that negative, it might clear you to go, but it's relevant for a couple of hours. It depends wow. on when you contracted the virus, which yep. is so, so important to know. He is just so good, isn't it? He's, isn't he? He's always got such an interesting perspective. Excellent advice. Well, just three weeks after it was pulled down, Queensland's hard border with New South Wales has been reinstated this morning. The increased protection was introduced after the honesty system was exploited. More than 237,000 border passes have been applied for with fines in place for those caught doing the wrong thing. But the new restrictions have caused really long delays. Chief Superintendent Mark Wheeler joins us now live from the border. Thank you so much for being with us, Chief Superintendent. So how long are people waiting at the border this morning and have people been turned away? Good morning, Mon. Uh, to the period ending late yesterday afternoon, there were 57 vehicles containing 115 people turned around and uh, those people had come directly from hotspots in New South Wales. What we saw overnight, particularly leading into the 1am deadline, were really long lines, uh, long delays. But our police uh, showed a great initiative and worked with uh, particularly our Queen, returning Queensland residents, worked with them on the side of the road, identified who they were and got them through uh, to uh, comply with that 1am deadline. Deadline. So that avoided a lot of expense for those people to be turned around, sent to airports and then into uh, government mandated self-funded quarantine. Mark, that, that's just wonderful to hear, I think, that the leniency and the understanding being showed by police there because, you, I mean, you'd be right, dealing with people who are very, very emotionally tense trying to make that mad dash back to be with their families. Uh, what has it been like for police there at those roadblocks? It must be a very tough time. That's correct, Matt. Uh, and remembering too, our first uh, border closure went, lasted 250 consecutive days. But throughout this uh, campaign, we've um, had a position of um, compassion, communication, and then ultimately compliance for people who don't do the right thing. And what we saw only a few hours ago is uh, a person came from the Greater Sydney area, came to the Gold Coast uh, checkpoint, uh, told uh, untruths about where they had come from. Mm. Police identified that that person had come from, the, uh, from that area um, and that person was sent away without a fine. Unfortunately, that person then went over to the M1 checkpoint 
uh, and tried to get in again and told uh, lies again and we had to issue that person a fine mm. of $4,003. Wow. Police don't want to do it but this is about keeping COVID-19 out of Queensland. Mark, it's interesting there you use the word compassion, that you're trying to, that police are trying to show compassion. And equally, we all need to show police compassion and understand this is a really difficult time for, for you guys as well. If you don't mind, you've actually been separated from your own family through all of this. Uh, look, like um, a lot of people in Queensland and other states, uh, yeah, I've got a daughter that lives in New South Wales, um, and it's it's not um, dissimilar to many other people, and, and I've been able to see her as well. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it is it is tough. It's tough for everyone, and uh, for our uh, police officers, many of them have been on the border since the 26th of March when we originally closed it. It's a tough time for them as well. These are not their normal duties, but they know they've got such a critical role to play in keeping COVID-19 out of Queensland. Mark, uh, we wish you and the police uh, a very, very Merry Christmas, especially with your family and that separation. Uh, you're doing a great job out there. Thanks for being with us on Sunrise. Thanks, and uh, same to you, and, and best of luck with what you're going through down there. Thank you. Oh, that's lovely. Thank you so much.